So I was in Mexico and really was sure I was going to die. Had a nosebleed. Should have never Googled. <laughs> never Google. And so that led that I was having an aneurysm. Oh, wow. And oh in that, gosh. and I joke about it, but in that moment I had a, like a flash of my death. And right. as I was being carried in the casket, Very someone life. dropped me because I was too heavy to be carried. And in that moment, you know, change doesn't happen until the pain is great enough for yeah. you. And in that moment, the pain was like finally great enough. And so that's when I kind of took cannabis more seriously. We're back at the potline. This is episode seven. Hey. Wow, episode seven. I Never knew we'd even be here. To be honest, it has kind of been a cool little adventure. But we, yeah, we set out. We wanted to do like two episodes a month, and we are about there yeah, yeah, now. Yeah. This is crazy. That's awesome. And today, oh man, I'm so honored. We've been trying to get this episode in for a couple weeks now. Um, but Jill from Mary Jane of Maryland is here, and. I'm just so excited to have you. I think thank you've been you. like a force in this community. Oh, thank um, you. Very outspoken, very um, uh, driven as well. I, just, I kind of I admire it a lot. So. Oh, thank you. That means a um, lot to me. Yeah, of course, of course. So. I'm going to do the little brief intro about what she's all about. She uh, runs Mary Jane of Maryland Magazine, um, and they do all sorts of cool things over there. They have events. They have a magazine, obviously, um, but more than that, they're like Carly said, just a big face in the community. They are really what I think is kind of Maryland's cannabis scene right now. Yeah, like um, we're, we're, we're yeah, building yeah. off of what I think you guys are kind of doing, or definitely doing already, been sort of the very beginning of this industry booming in here in Maryland, is that you've given people a platform to be able to, to yeah. share their stories and um, normalize this. Yeah. So that we, you know, we can all work together to bring this normal in Maryland, also maintain its... Um, medical benefits and qualities without it getting crazy and out of hand. Correct. Yes. <laughs> I believe all of that. Yeah. So um, I want to ask you, yeah. what's the first time you ever smoked weed? Or how yeah. was it like? Yeah, yeah. So that's a great question. And um, so I was 31. Wow. So it was, I mean, my brother smoked Yes. Cannabis from like 14 on. You were 31? Yeah, so wow. I was 31. I was a late bloomer in life. Oh, wow. So it was interesting. Um, I was having an, a panic attack and um, I called my brother, and my brother was like, Come to my house. I'll help you. And I didn't really like, you know, I kind of knew what he did, but I didn't know that's why he was calling me over. And so he had like a big blunt rolled up and he was like, Smoke this. <laughs> so I um, yes, uh, was just, better. yeah, he was just like, Do this. And I took like a few hits and remember just sitting there like, What is going to happen? And I didn't really feel any which way, except I didn't feel anxiety the anymore. Panic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think it took me really like five or six times, I feel like, to feel like a psychoactive effect to, of like, it. Really, like, it took me at least two times. So yeah. I totally understand. Yeah, yeah. And I think probably because I'm such a goody two shoes, like <laughs> to do it, there's such high anxiety even to smoke. So it was like panic attack. <laughs> now I'm stressed because I'm doing something illegal. Yeah. And, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, yeah, it's that paranoia. <laughs> yeah, I immediately real, recognize, like, oh, there's something to this. Yeah. And so, yeah, wow. 31, so I'm 40 now. I feel like wow. a newbie in all of this when it comes to like people who. I've met who have consumed cannabis like their wow. entire life. Yeah. I That's totally 
feel that vibe. I feel like I'm always meeting people that are that are like, oh, I've been doing this for ten years. Oh, I've been doing this for this many years. It's like, oh, I'm really a child, and I yeah. you would like to learn from you. You're kind of cool. Um, yeah. Thirty one though, man. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, especially having it so close. In fact, I even remember yeah. looking through once I realized what cannabis was and I was energy like I remember finding blunt guts in my car okay now I know what my I was like why is he pouring cigarette stuff out? Oh, like yeah. all of these all weird these things, things started to like connect sense. me so and funny. in one of our family albums was a cannabis leaf and I asked oh, the whole time I was little like what is this my mom's like oh it's a, pan- a leaf from my favorite plant <sighs> No idea until like 30. I was like, what was going on that I wasn't involved in? That's so funny. The whole family was in Yeah, just Jill, not Jill. (laughs) That's too cool. That's Um, so cool. Do you, so it was your brother that that you smoked with first. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's still my like favorite person to smoke with. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty (laughs) Yeah. So what got you, what made you decide to jump into the cannabis industry when it started? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's a great question. I think in a lot of times in life like things find us and so I feel like I built a life that led me to the perfect moment and so I'll be forever grateful Scott Bentley who's my business partner uh, co-founder he knew of me and my wife my wife um, does something very similar in another uh, field and he asked to meet with me and I was like this is something awesome he had started the Instagram account and yeah I just believed in the process and you know to think I understood what the cannabis community was when we decided to do this um, I didn't I had no idea like what I did know was man I love to be around people where I felt like I could consume cannabis and I didn't feel judged but I didn't know that this is what the cannabis community was and so it was really our first event when our first cannamines that really solidifying why we do this. And I was like, oh, okay. Now I understand this is why, and then that feeling really attached to it. And I think my passion just stemmed like immediately after I started to meet other people in the community. I was like, this is something that I want to be a part of. Okay, I totally understand. So he was already kind of doing the Instagram, because so it's kind of cool to put it in a little framework. Um, Maryland is that new, like it's really that new. Yeah. No one was doing anything. There was no... The East Coast in general kind of has this whole vibe. It is that new. No one has... Like, High Times is still it. Yeah. That's that's it. He started the Instagram account December 2018. And we launched the magazine... Wait. December 2017. We launched the magazine in May of 2018. And so that's how quickly it came to be because it was a needed thing like and you mentioned advertising yeah. issues i mean we helped solve a big advertising yeah. problem yeah 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 for because people. yeah because you guys whole forum is obviously only to to the industry so. yeah to people and you know where do you get it from a dispensary how old do you have to be when you're in a dispensary you know it's Someone, going to the yeah. right i you know our goal is for then someone to share this with a friend. Right. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. The, yeah. So they get it and then because that's what give it, it to someone. This, Everything this that we do. always does that. Yeah, yeah. Shares it with a friend. Totally. Everything <laughs> that we do is exactly, would be tailored at someone exactly like you at 31. Yeah. Like we would want to bring you into cannabis and say. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. So this high touch thing has to happen mm-hmm. in the law sense. You can't advertise 
to anyone under was twenty one or eighteen? Yeah, twenty one. It's twenty one. But wow, it's so a... easy online to just get past that on the like on you know on the website. You know, are oh, you yeah. over the age of twenty one? Yes, of course I am. But yeah. like, do they then never ask? But no one goes to website like that. I think that when where the advertising law disrupts marketing is yeah. it's creating a disruption of flow where normally you find them on social media then you may click to the website right. but it's not really the initial point of contact i think for most people's yeah, website never. like they click off of a social media which you know that's what I'm gonna is giving a, people headaches i'm gonna spin you on a social media tangent yeah. what do you what do you think about the community about how people say hi to each other because they like already kind of know each other because of Instagram. Yeah. What do you think that vibe is like? I always think that it is so weird. What do you mean, like say hi? Like um, like, like when you go to an introduce? event, I, I think. Oh, it's and nice. they don't. You don't know them, but they introduce. Yeah, like, you and know. I think that you specifically have, probably have a big role in creating this sort of a space where people kind of know each other already. Yeah. But like, don't. Yeah, but it's I mean, nice. that's probably my favorite thing about the magazine okay so everybody has a hero's journey right every life has an amazing story to tell someone just needs to tell it and someone needs to put it in a format that allows it to be told beautifully yeah. right and so there needs to be beautiful pictures that go along with it and man can you imagine for me even like to be on the cover of a magazine is not something that's on everyone's list that will happen but yeah. man, if I can get every Maryland patient to have that moment where they get to have a coming out of some sort yeah. to say, this is what I do, this is why I do it, man, those are great moments. And that's what I get excited yeah. to see is because that community, I think, saved me. And then to see people connecting in a way that is so organic, but also mm -hmm. pushed because we're just showcasing yeah. them. It makes me think about when I was doing like nutrition um, and in the law within this company that I was with, uh, we weren't allowed to advertise um, like uh, results, not results, but like health results, like, uh, yeah. like my, my numbers changed. Right? So I feel like in the, in the cannabis community, it's kind of the same thing where like the, the health numbers have been almost silenced or like yeah. forced to be silenced. As opposed to like, oh yeah, it just creates euphoria or you could go get high. Like instead of the long-term beneficial mm -hmm. results of using this over the course of the last year for some of these patients we've even seen. Yeah. Like it's like how we need to share those stories, but we can't share them in like yeah, an infomercial. There's a bunch of 31-year-olds who would then change their whole life by the oh, time they're sure. 40 yeah. to dedicate it to something that is totally out of bounds. Like mm -hmm. you took a big risk and... It's like not like like in cannabis, all these people are smart. Like all of us know oh, what sure. we're doing. Mm -hmm. Like we know that it's a risk. We know that it's not federally legal. We all take these. I like what you said when you said you like are trying to create spaces where people don't feel like they have to be hidden. Yeah, I mean that's a big deal. I think when we look at, I mean, I'm definitely for adult consumption. Mm -hmm. I think there's a time and place for everything. I'd rather use cannabis and smoke wine. That's my personal preference. Mm -hmm. But most of these individuals, and myself included, are fighting things that cannabis makes better. And so being sick isolates you. PTSD is very lonely. Anxiety is lonely. Cancer is lonely. All of these things. And so, man, to have a place where you can come in and do something, you may come alone, but you walk out knowing someone. I mean, I just, it gives me chills. Our first event we had several people there that I knew probably wouldn't make it to our next event. And so two weeks before um, our Fire and Ice Gala, someone who was at our event had passed away. Mm -hmm. And how thankful I was that 
we have pictures of her yeah. and she yeah. was able to be there while she was battling those things yeah. and receive like light and love from everyone else because that's the way this community is. is when you boil down to it like man when you get together there's so so much energy and so much healing that takes place yeah. when the community gets together and so true. yeah i mean it's so important for this to happen because yeah. it's such a stigmatized group of people there will be people who are strong enough to stand up in December of 2017, today, in two weeks, but those leaders are allowing other people to find the relief that they need yeah. and become part of something. Right. Yeah. The you know, bigger it gets, the better. You know, something I think is most like interesting is there's always this before and after question, you know, yeah. like whenever it comes to cannabis, it's always the, hey, so what were you doing before? What happened the first time? And now where were you? So who were you prior? Oh, leading yeah. up to this moment at oh, 31 yeah. and then like leading up to now. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, I think that's probably the most interesting part of my story. I'm actually raised Mormon. Um, and so I grew up very wow. religious. Yes. Mormon, okay. Yeah. Everybody yeah. can take Everybody. a moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've lived in Maryland most of my okay. life. So, yeah, there's Mormons everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I actually served a mission. Um, Do you have a big family? I don't actually. So my okay. parents were converts. So, you know, we're a minority in the big family arena. Yes. So, you know, I had the school really wasn't for me, but I found a great uh, career in property management. So managing uh, apartment communities, I worked for great businesses who recognized I had a talent for training people. And so they pulled me out of the field and spent time and money and effort to train me to be a trainer. And so that's what I did. Right. I went around and just made people's lives better by teaching them sales skills so that they can make more money than they could help their families more. So I was really kind of focused, but I was big corporate. Um, I worked in DC for a long time for one of the um, most innovative companies in the world and was really miserable. And, um, Do you mind which company? Oh, I worked for, I mean, miserable as a whole in no. corporate. I worked for CoStar, which is a ah, great... Ah, yes. I know exactly oh. who you worked for. I, yeah. So I did property management for a while, too. I was actually oh. leasing for a while. Where did you lease? I worked for Bizzuto first. I worked for a small developer. Actually, they're called Waverly Real okay. Estate. Yeah. Um, so a bunch of property is theirs in Ellicott City. But yeah, CoStar is... They own commercial they real estate. I mean, and that's they what... They own it. I learned... What I know about digital advertising because of CoStar and a okay. lot of my thought processes and when Scott and I built Mary Jane in Maryland are all based on principles I learned on, man, you want extreme digital advertising and how to get it done. Those are the guys that like get it, it done. done. There. Yeah. yeah. Understood. Well, they, I mean, it's cool that I say own a market. I mean like. No, they do. There's no. They just. Like, yeah. There's Realtor.com, Apartments.com, uh, Redfin. There's like a bunch of those, right? There's only one CoStar. There is. They've it's cool. taken everyone else out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I did that, and then on, I'm very lucky, my wife was able to let me leave corporate America because it just was getting to be too much for me. And I started my own consulting business, so I just did exactly what I did there, and I worked with management companies and helped them achieve their occupancy goals or do sales stuff. But, you know, it was really all about just making people's lives better. Yeah, um, that's awesome. Yeah, so yeah. that was like my first touch of entrepreneurship. But what's cool is like everything I've ever done, like the reason I can throw these events is because I threw Bizzuto's Management Awards, which was for 1,200 people. And so yeah. I've learned that training. So I really do feel like I've been set up 
for a great moment, like, yeah. of all the things yeah. that I've done. Yeah. You're doing all that's so cool. Like, I yeah. love watching people just, like, take literal, little things from all the things they've done and put it into, essentially, what they've figured out their path is or what their journey yeah, is. Yeah, and that's yeah. really life, right? Yeah. I mean, we... We underestimate, I'm going to get this wrong, but Tony Robbins says it. We underestimate or overestimate what we can do in a year and underestimate what we can do in a decade. Yeah. And so if we just planned our lives a little bit longer, man, we would yeah. achieve I think, and so I think much. that's the thing is like with the social media, like lifestyles now, oh, it's yeah. just, it's so, for, for being someone who's um, 29 and been through the last several years, like trying to make it on some type of social um, uh, business platform of mm-hmm. some sort. Because you, you try to do it all, you know what I mean? See what you can make out of it. Yeah. Um, it's tough. It's really tough to build a personality. and. Oh, for sure. And, you know what I mean? mean? And I always think about that, like, I'm 29 now, but I see a lot of people um, that are, you know, just kind of entering their, their success in the 30s. And mm-hmm. so you're kind of always rushing that. You're really rushing that rather than, like, really just trying to hone in on your craft, what you're good at, how you can talk about things. You know what I mean? Like working in the cannabis industry has been awesome for the last year for me because I've smoked it my entire life, Mm -hmm. but I could never have talked about it like this. You know what I mean? It's fantastic what I I feel when someone leaves the the shop and I just gave them all the knowledge for the last 45 minutes. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's pretty great. Yeah, you guys do a good job of creating a personality. Like I said, you're you're kind of a beacon for what will happen on the East Coast here. Yeah, I'm excited yeah. about that. I think us and a lot of people were documenting Maryland's cannabis history, right? 100%. Yeah. You'll be able yeah. to look back on all these social media accounts, all these magazines, all, and see <laughs> yeah. the evolution of what happened in Maryland. And I think that's right. like that is exactly kind of a is. cool thing. And also, you know, I look at this as research as well all of these stories someone should be able to take this and go like okay i have a mom that has this and this person treats this way and kind of be a jump off easily digestible for your research on consuming it exactly what people are coming into the shops with is the information that they've read from these magazines yeah yes so that's that's wild that's exactly what's happening people do like point and from someone who didn't smoke weed until she was 31 (laughs) i mean it was very life-changing for me i think you know to take it what led to this moment and maybe the drive is at um what year was it 2017 i had a panic attack to end all panic attacks and um if anyone has anxiety you know how this kind of goes you have a thought that leads to a thought that leads to a thought and so i was in mexico and really was sure i was gonna die had a nosebleed should have never googled (laughs) never google and so that led that i was having an aneurysm oh wow and in that and i joke about it but in that moment i had a like a flash of my death and as i was being carried in the casket very someone dropped me because i was too heavy to be carried and in that moment you know change doesn't happen until the pain is great enough for yeah. you mm-hmm. and in that moment the pain was like finally great enough and so that's when I kind of took cannabis more seriously started to do more research got my health in line lost 85 pounds started to focus on the mental stuff awesome. but even then until I met this community that I think was the next layer of healing yeah. was then to meet people who kind of understood the, that path yeah yeah I lost I lost about so I had been smoking weed for a while and but I hadn't really, like, it was, like, only at night. I hadn't really, like, 
turned it into a lifestyle yeah. lifestyle. And I think that's what you mean. You like took it serious, I guess yeah. is what you're trying to say. Well, I lost 35 pounds in two months. It wasn't like, and I didn't do anything crazy. Like, what I'm <coughs> trying to get to is I think that it does a really good job of regulating your body. Exactly. And like a really, really good job. I think that it made, for me, all the things that I wanted to be better at easier. Like, it was easier for me to want to run. It was easier for me Mm -hmm. to want to eat better. I was realizing I didn't even like foods that tasted as fake anymore. Like, I don't like the taste of them. I don't want to eat them, even if they're in front of me. Did you ever wind up documenting that journey? Yeah, Yeah, I have been. Like, you can... I've shown some pictures on um, my, like, Mary Jane and Marilyn account. But, yeah, I've been doing... It's been interesting. Like, I think... People who lose a lot of weight don't tell some of the like bad parts of it. Yeah. So, I mean, I my body now is harder for me to look at than at 285 pounds because you understand that kind of hate. Yeah. You understand what your body looks like. Now what I see is what 285 pounds of damage did yeah. to it. And so you have to kind of adjust. Yeah. You have to learn some things. And it's very emotional. Yeah, time Food addiction's is, time real. Time is angry. Yeah. 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 I mean, all of those things. And I think, you know, nobody that I ever met with ever explained weight loss like that to me. No one ever said, it'll happen when you're scared to death. You'll eventually do it. All you ever hear are things like... No, just take this pill and do it's not. You yeah. need to change and it's like yeah. if you love sugar, that you have to love something else more than I loved yeah. Ben and Jerry's. And so I right. like had to have that moment where like it's gonna kill me. Yeah. Like if I don't stop. Yeah. I mean you know What helps you keep stay accountable? Yeah. Um yeah, I Yeah, that's what I was talking about the cannabis and how it regulates. I was wondering yeah. if that was kinda of similar for you. Yeah, it did. I think, you know, once your anxiety levels or kind of stabilized, it helps you mentally. I, I tend to am an emotional eater. But um, I read this book on habits, and so there's a few keystone habits that are in life, and it's a keystone habit is if you do this thing, the next thing is easier. And so exercise is a keystone habit for health. And so the day I got back from Mexico, I called an old personal trainer of mine um, and just was sobbing. I was like, you need to come save my life. And so that day, I started working out every single day. As an old friend, too. Yeah, like, yeah. And, But what was interesting is I didn't start eating healthy until almost 10 months later. So, yeah. but it was... Yeah. It's a, it's, I'm a personal trainer. Yeah. It's very difficult to, to um, explain that part of the yeah, process. People, it's all people. food. Yeah, and, and honestly, they try. They, people really do try. They try very hard, but they're our concepts and what we're taught about nutrition our entire lives so are so wrong. Yeah. I was an athlete. I played sports my whole life, but my parents didn't really have like the nutritional knowledge of like how to feed an athlete. You yeah. Know? They just how how to keep food in the house for five people at yes. all times. Yes. You know what I mean? So Costco trips and but none of that and stuff mac is, and cheese is right and... is worthy of putting into your body like yeah. that in those quantities. Like they're buying food um, for like a store. Yeah. essentially for, for the house. And I think that's, you know, a lot of um, advertising, which is interesting that we talk a lot about that in this episode. A lot of that advertising for food is even, like, what's the easiest? What's the most convenient? How quick can we do it? So, like, what do you think about some of these companies that are coming around with, like, uh, um, meal services where there's a meal kit where they're teaching yeah. people how to, how, to, how to eat or how, I to, love how those. to cook, actually? I think um, I've tried all of them. Yeah. <laughs> Just as time savers. Yeah. So I think you find the one that you like. Mm-hmm. I think you need to find out where your food's coming from. Mm-hmm. I think that's a lot of, 
you know, I'm a little bit of a germaphobe, so I'm wondering, like, how many people have touched this chicken before it's gotten in this box (laughs) and then come to me? But I think anything you can do to stay regimen, I mean, for me, I found out I was diabetic, and so Mm -hmm. did research and went keto. Some people hate keto. Keto works for my body. Like, my blood sugar in three months, I wasn't diabetic anymore. It just, you know, I lost 25 pounds in 10 months months of working out. And after knee surgery in 40 days, oh. lost 50 pounds because Cause of the keto. keto. Wow. Yeah, because the food. It's, you yeah, are I finally got eat. all this stuff wow, yeah. like out of my, nice. my system. And it's all food, right? Yeah. Like I think that's where for me, and I want to always in the magazine, it's not just I can consume cannabis and be healthy. Yeah. It is you have to work out. You have to eat well. You have to. And I realize all of these things cost money and that's what's so wrong with this is that it's yeah. very expensive yes. to be and get to healthy. healthy to be healthy it is just, it's hard to buy organic it's hard to buy lettuce and stuff like or that or just to buy uh, produce in general yeah. versus anything else canned vegetables versus just fresh produce like they make it easier to to go the other route oh and i see this all the time we yeah. have a um my wife and i have a homeless organization called simple sacrifice and so we see it that it's cheaper to buy oreos and give humans that than to give them something that is going to sustain them. And so, and that's the same case when food stamps, like it's very easy to get food that's not delicious. And then to be judged if you are in the store with food stamps, buying organic food, because you should just eat the cheapest because of that. And so, yeah, Yeah, that's definitely a thing. I used to work at a food bank and like, even when you come into the food bank, like people are so droned in we had huge produce section of like stuff that we would get from stores and people would like skip it not even yeah. knowing what to do with it like yeah, you don't know tough. how to cook it you don't know it how to look at it long, it won't last yeah, that long yeah. but they're ripping down the chef boyardees like yep. it's water yeah. man um what was i gonna say i i think cannabis is kind of funny i think how it has blossomed as a market is kind of crazy it demands so much knowledge like you have to know the grower you have to know how much potency it has to be tested for all the metals it is if people put that level of demand on food oh we there would the whole society would be different i think that cannabis it like brings you up man it like shows you these things think about how quick um growers are getting you know, stopped in their tracks when they come out with something funny in their plants. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's fast. Yeah. But like, what about all the pesticides in her food that we're eating? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know it, what I, mean? I mean, well, government regulation. I mean, I could talk days on <laughs> my conspiracy theory on how I think sugar is meant to keep us down like, and how the, our health immediately got much worse once sugar was introduced and yes. things like that. And so, yeah, it all tastes yummy and you know, everything works different for everybody. And I think it's like the same thing with cannabis, right? Like you may love sativas, you may love indicas, you may not even call them those things. Veganism may work for this human. Being a vegetarian may work. Keto works for me. I think it's just all in how our bodies process you things. It. It's just like yeah. finding the right strain. And exactly. it's exhausting to do. Yeah, it, it is. is. It exhausting. Is. But once you do it, you're like at yeah. a higher level and yeah. you live in better. It's nicer. I promise. Oh, yeah, it is. You have to like really work at it. Cannabis as a lifestyle, I think, teaches you all of that. Like, I think it's like, all, like helps you with all of the pieces of those things. We're talking about health. We're talking about 
working out. We're talking about like little things in life. I think it really does help you get those Socializing. Being able oh, to yeah. just be social with people. I mean, if you're an- my anxiety is like a social thing. Mm-hmm. I get a little bit, I don't want to be out anymore. I want to go home. Oh, I want to fall up in yeah. a shell and get away from everyone. <laughs> but like I'm a ball of energy. Like I should be the like the brightest person in the room. But like when I get around people, I don't know what it is. Like a box in. Yeah. Um, but weed definitely has definitely been something that helps me, particularly CBD and, like, one-to-one strains. Mm-hmm. I think that um, that's that's what I've learned the most is, like, the the, med- the medical side of this. I don't think a lot of people realize, and we talk about it almost every episode, is that no one really realizes they've always used this medically. Oh, I mean, my brother told me. I was like, so what? And once I realized, like, why did you use it? My brother has, like, extreme IBS. Okay. And the first time he used it, he noticed immediately he had an appetite, which he normally doesn't. And he just didn't have, like, the muscle spasms mm-hmm. that he had. And so yeah. at 14, he realized, this makes me... Now, I know why else he was doing that. Like, don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. However, yeah, of course. and looking back, I was like, how did I not recognize this? Um, but, yeah, he did it for that very same reason. And, you know, today, too. Like, he has stuff for fun, but he also has the stuff that's, like, in his medicine cabinet that helps him when he has IBS flare-ups or anxiety or anything like that yeah, that's awesome. so you do a lot of cool things um want to chat for a sec about your nonprofit? I wanna yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 i definitely want to hear more about that yeah oh yeah. Yeah. yeah i get started i actually didn't even know that you had a nonprofit, which yeah. is so bad of me yeah. i like to do my i research. think i just kind of <laughs> keep it like a little hidden i think i've posted a few things about it okay cool. but back in the 90s my um parents asked me and my brother to come up with a community service project that we could do weekly um they i what I thought was we were becoming brats and so they wanted to show us like how to be better people looking back we grew up very very poor and so um, we were about to go into high school and middle school and um, seeing that we had nothing I think my parents and their wisdom wanted to show us what people who had nothing really were and so in my head I grew up thinking we actually were always always very rich I never knew we were on public assistance and almost lost our house a few times but in that, my brother came up with the idea to feed the homeless, and so one Sunday we made 10 lunches, drove from our house in Severin to Baltimore City, and it took us two hours to give it out. We had no idea like what we were doing, so afraid we would offend people, um, but we loved it. And at the end, there was a moment where <coughs> my dad and brother walked up to five guys split, splitting a piece of gum, and we just knew we had to come back. And so week after week, we did that. And so in the 90s, it went viral, like a neighbor told a neighbor. And um, at the height of it, we were doing 1,500 lunches every Sunday. Wow. And so it took us two hours to give out that first 10 lunches. And the next Sundays, over the course of years, five minutes and everything was gone. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And it was great to grow up doing that in high school. My mom was getting sicker and sicker. And so we eventually had to close it down. Um, which was always very sad for me and always a dream. My wife tells the story so much better, but always a dream of mine to bring it back and put some I, life back into it. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, so I had a goal when I was 40 to restart Simple Sacrifice and someone challenged me, why would you wait until you're 40 to do that? That's amazing. It's not yeah. like a business startup, like yeah. make some sandwiches and deliver them. So in Mother's Day 2015, we restarted it. Wow. And so, um, yeah, we took 20 lunches in this time and delivered them and every Sunday since then we make and deliver lunches in the city 
um, to the homeless. In fact, that's what I was doing before we came here. Yeah, so, I was yeah. gonna ask actually. Yeah. yeah, so we. I was just in Baltimore this morning. Yeah, that's you so can come cool. anytime. But it's you know we do this for two reasons. Obviously, I'm a fan of stigmatized issues and bringing them to light. But it's because being poor is hard. Um, I've seen people get spit on. They get yelled at. Everyone thinks they're drug addicts. They don't. I mean, we have people who just hurt their back at the job and ran out of benefits, and now they're homeless. Like, that's just the way that these Being things go. Being poor is really, really hard. And life yeah. is hard. Like, you can find yourself very poor very, very fast. Yeah. And very it, fast. And it doesn't take long to become homeless. And so we do it to show love immediately. I mean, we consider these people our friends. In fact, we call them our friends. They even joke with us. Sometimes they call themselves our homies. <laughs> and so um, even today, a woman who... We just met last week. She saw that my ankle was hurt. She says, I'll be back next week for you. And she came. She gave me a ace bandage, the special lotion, and the sleeve. And she says, this is going to make your ankle better. I don't know her. She lives on the street. But she was so concerned for my welfare that seven days later, I have friends who don't do shit that they tell me they're going to do. And this woman who, and so, you know, the love that they give is amazing. And so we want to show them that love and then also to provide moments for people to meet homeless individuals so that, A, they are ignited to do something good, but also see these are just human beings. And that they are want little, to feel that way. Oh my gosh, yeah. the hugs and the kisses. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, really, it is the best two hours of my week. Yeah. That's not to say all of these events aren't great, but man, when you're with people who have nothing mm-hmm. but make you a medical kit yeah. for your ankle, I just don't even know no, that's like, like what to say about those, <laughs> yeah. those individuals. Yeah. That's awesome. Wow, yeah, yeah that. they're that's, great. That's such cool work. I love that. And we stuff. have community members, like the ones that have seen it. Like we have many community members that come now and join us and it just I think helps build and shows also like that oh like cannabis, cannabis users yeah, yeah, yeah cannabis community okay, come yeah, on yeah. Sunday to help us out yeah. and do I think it just shows that which has been easier for you to grow the nonprofit or oh I'm Mary Jane in Maryland I think <laughs> <laughs> so here's you know a plug for all non like true nonprofits um, we're 100% volunteer we take no money, like all of Much our funds respect, come yeah. from donations that we receive. All of the time is donated. Wow. And so, you know, my goal is always to have this. So to be able to do this forever, man, I better build a business that's kick-ass because I want to be able to give back. So, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. focus went there pretty quick. So awesome. <laughs> I yeah. would say, you know, except for all the legality issues and all of that, mm-hmm. probably still the easiest to grow. Yeah. yeah. Well, did, so you ever, did you run into a lot of a lot of that early oh, on? Yeah. I mean, yeah. we. Pro, I, Josh said it. Processing is really hard, even if you're not touching the plant. Like, yeah. Yeah. So we. I mean, our complete subscription model changed because of that. Because we couldn't. I mean, if you want a subscription, you can mail us a check. That's the best that we got wow. right now. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow! You couldn't even take like a credit card payment for it. Nope. Because we've been shut down out of QuickBooks. We've been shut down out of Stripe. We've been shut down. Yeah, they won't. Wow. Yeah, and even wow. though we tell it, I mean, and we've done it in other company That's names insane. too. And yeah, so, and you know, we've been shut down once with Instagram. I'm hoping Instagram days are over with that stuff. I think yeah. we've all kind of figured out yeah, some. Yeah. I think so too, even on the like bigger, like, like uh, sort of celebrity ish cannabis accounts, they're not getting shut down as much yeah. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Which is nice to see. But. Yeah, because it is. I mean, Scott called me at 4 a.m. 
And when the phone rang, I was just like, you know. this is not good. Mm-hmm. He was like, it's gone. It's all gone. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. <laughs> that is an awakening. But yeah. you know what? It was really great. I think um, a comeback is one of the best things that you can do. And so... Well, hey, and then you have it all printed. Anyway. Yeah. And, so. you know, we very quickly got numbers back. And when you're in any kind of, like, social role, you know those things matter to the people who you work with. And so yes, we're able to recover very quickly. And so that oh, yeah. was a great lesson for us to learn. Yeah, most yeah. definitely. Also, I think that the genius of what you guys do is in the events, which have got to be, like, a nightmare and sort of a, like a getting around things way mm-hmm. um it would be nice if we could all just at legitimately hang out and yeah. enjoy together but i mean you have to do it right like do, laws are do. laws um no it's a slow process yeah the being compliant with everything is like 100 percent the goal we want it yeah. to look good we want to mm-hmm. be good partners i agree but man yeah i mean here's <laughs> my thoughts right like so the laws with the laws one day We'll all pass a blunt or a joint to someone. Like, that will all be there. It'll, it will happen, yeah. I get why that that rule is there now. Because right. it's like, you know, it's, I, it's always the thing they say. Like, you wouldn't share your antibiotic. I was like, yes, you're correct. I would not share <laughs> my antibiotic with someone. <laughs> no. But um, when you show that compliance, I think it makes also the people coming less scared. So, mm-hmm. you know, our first event yeah. was... You know, well, the big can of mines was really easy to do. Like, you know, there was only twenty of us, but for and you the threw a few of them too. Yeah, we which had was like nice. yeah, a little behind underneath our belt before we did it. But the when we thought about the patient's perspective, we thought first of all, at can of mines, people didn't just show up with a joint, right? Because nobody <laughs> knew what they would want to do. Right. So we knew in that moment there would be a lot of medicine there, and so for people that makes them very nervous. Maybe not the patients. But man, the owners of this property, yeah, you know, and so and for I know us, Julie, she's super nice. Oh yeah, yeah they're yeah, great. Yeah, that yeah. like Overhills, we I think Scott made two hundred and seventeen phone calls before we got that. Come yes. on, now that's a, and I hope they're all kicking themselves that's because a, you know yeah. they're getting weddings. Shout out to Overhills Mansion, yo, you want a green wedding? Go there, yeah. and they do great work and they've been great partners for us. In fact, everybody wow. in the community that no. took a chance, like our first event, every partner that sponsored us. I think that they just loved the community so much that they put the fear out of their mind. Like, yeah. they're about to throw a huge event with a lot of cannabis being consumed. Like, <laughs> who we hope Jill and Scott know what they're doing yeah. with it. So you have a lot of security, and you check people in, and you make them sign waivers. And, you know, it's always a big joke, and I think a lot of people have started to hashtag it, but I say, puff, puff, don't pass. Like, just don't do it. It's not yeah. worth it. Everyone's feeling on it. We all know what everyone feels yeah, like. Yeah, we know. But we know how they feel about it. And so don't do it so we can continue to have these things. I think that's, yeah. if anything, is what's going to mess it up. Yeah. We that's... feel it in the dispensary every day. A lot of oh, that, yeah. like... I can't wait till I can smoke in a dispensary wrong, afterwards. Right? Isn't that... That's see, like, disjointed too. where you can, like, sit yeah. in the couch. Or, like, there's, like, yes. a dab bar on the end yes. of the counter. Like... Man, when we were pack- when we were, like, breaking down pounds in the back, I'm like, oh, I want to just roll one of them up right now. Just oh, I don't know if here. I could. That would just be too overwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know but if I could. But you're just there weighing stuff out. I don't know. Like two I, hours, so you're like, this food. would be the time. <laughs> and you just have to watch it get dropped into these drams, and you're just. Uh, Bye. Trust the process. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, man. Uh, um, geez, it's chill. Is there? 
how how can we follow you? How can we continue following you? What are some of the things that you are planning, I think, in, like, the next year? Yeah. I'd be really curious to see where you think Mary Jane and Marilyn will go in, like, year two. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm really excited about all of that. Um, so you can follow us on Mary Jane and Marilyn. I have more where you can see kind of me following Mary Jane and Marilyn, what I do. Mm-hmm. Some of my, like, fitness and health stories on there, too, at Jill, Mary Jane and Marilyn. Um, you can find me on Facebook. I'm pretty – it's an open profile. Um, Simple Sacrifices on there, so you can see what we're doing there as well. So as for the next year of Mary Jane Mountain, so I think um, you'll see a continued focus on us hitting conditions and symptoms. I would love to do issues on addiction, start to really uh, parents, Mm -hmm. things that people are really stressed about Mm -hmm. using cannabis for. Um, we'll still continue to have events. I think you'll see some new types of events nice. that we're going to have out there. In fact, I'm just excited in year two in cannabis in general. I think this Me summer too. everyone should save all of their money because <laughs> I think events are going to be a plenty. And so I'm Me actually too. very, yeah, I think that people have figured out how to do it. Yeah. Um, and I think we're going to see those Good. things. I think what you'll see, though, is a continued focus on the community getting the people who want to tell their stories out there, giving yeah. them the experience yeah, yeah. of being a star. I think you're one, like, people were, like, afraid to come out of the shadows a yeah. little bit, and now it's like, everyone's like, okay, we're everybody's here, let's proud, just hang out. And love it. Yeah, now yeah. everyone wants yeah. to be here. Yeah. yeah. It is such a great, um, I feel like there should be, like, a wave or something. Like, when you find out someone else, like, a nod. Like the so Jeep, all know, the like oh, Jeep, oh, yeah. like a Jeep wave. Yeah. Yeah. There should be, like, an MMCC patient wave or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is so insane. Oh, the whole conversation is so funny. You're talking about symptoms in the very start of the conversation and then parties in the second conversation. <laughs> it's like, that is, that is what this is, man. It's, yeah, it's that line. It mm-hmm. It's a lifestyle. Um, and I think that that's what we, we were talking about that earlier. You, got, you do a really good job at sort of like promoting the, the lifestyle around cannabis. Yeah, and, and I've, we want to get into more of that. I think yeah. you'll see some more culture things. I want to go even back into how minorities played into it, right? Like, I think that's a, a hard issue for someone who I'm a white girl to do. So I, when we have controversial, not even controversial topics like that, but harder topics that I know nothing about, we Feel seek that. out outside help because my perspective on that is zero and I will 100%. keep my mouth shut about that. Yeah. Yeah. I know that it is a lot easier for me because of that. Tell their own story. And I'm not afraid of it, right? Yeah. Like, I have no fear with cannabis, I know that's not the same for everyone, and so we're going to start tackling those types of things. And you know, I think there's all kinds of ways. You know, smoke girls versus medical cannabis. I think there's so much out there that we could do to really just shed a light on a community as a whole. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe even stop some of the like we're going to just focus on PTSD. We're going to focus on this. It's one big. It's effort. a big it's thing. Yeah, thing. it's yeah. all connected. There's no way that you can't have yeah. all of the pieces. Right. Yeah, we all just have to come together. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, totally. Agree. And I think it's great because we all—I mean, I think we're all individually kind of focusing on our thing, like our mm-hmm. niches. But we are so inclusive with it. It's not yeah. like my my goal is more important than yours. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, yeah, yeah. That's just what this plan has. Always, yeah, yeah. Because at the yeah. end of the day, really, what we're doing is introducing a new product to the whole world. Yeah, and yeah. one that people are scared of. And yeah, that's all it is, right? Lots of advertising, branding needs to go into this, but it it's like completely happen. different. And we'll look back in 15 years, the cannabis industry will have set the standards for marketing from this point oh, forward. Yeah. The creativity, the ingenious to get around all these loopholes, the ways, I mean, this is a brilliant bunch of people from the very first person who sold their first ounce of weed 
till today, the genius that's in there, it's now time for the world to realize, like, yeah, yeah no, we're not just chilling on our couch eating Cheetos. Exactly. No, not yeah. even oh my a God, we're bit. the most productive. I'm about to take it over. Out there, I, think. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Man, uh, thank you so much. Jill, thank you for having me. Today. This is great. Wow. Yeah. This has been so fun. Yeah, I, I think I've I've met Scott so many times, and I've yeah. always been very curious to know like more about your story. And, oh, well, thank you, you know, so much so for having for me. Out. Yeah, for sure. Um, and to everybody who's listening, thanks for tuning in. Check us out. Enjoy the rest of your days. Bye. Bye.